Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Drive right field, Acuna coming in. He dives. Did he make the catch? He did. Ronald Acuna Jr. takes one away from Bryce Harper to leave the bases loaded. Oh, boy, that's Pat McCarthy, son of Tom, last night on 94 WIP, where the Phillies really had their best opportunity to score two outs, bases loaded. Bryce Harper hits a liner and... Well, you heard what happened. I'm Glenn Mack now with my pal Jody McDonald. And, Jody, let me start with asking you the question that is going through the minds of all Philadelphia sports fans this morning. They're not going to blow this, are they? I don't think so. (laughs) It's pretty lukewarm. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at right now. I'm not panicked by any stretch of the imagination. The I'm not chicken little and the sky's not falling, but nor am I throwing my chest out in front of me and saying, what do you mean blow this lead, Glenn? Yeah, the last two games have been a little disappointing. And for me, the biggest thing was, and yeah, they blow a lead late. Atlanta goes nuts in the eighth inning on Friday night. Last night, they just couldn't do enough early in the game and their uh, mini uh, run late came up short. Sir Anthony getting tagged on Friday night. Mm, uh, still thinking really, about that one, are you? Yeah, because uh, he's been so good all year, and he comes back from injury and hits the ground running and looks like the downtime might actually help him, that it could be looked at as a plus that he got hurt at the end of the year. Yeah, he didn't look good at all for me on Friday night, and that scares me more than more than anything else over these last two losses to the Braves. Yeah, hey. I hear that, which is why I'm really eager to see his next outing, right? Every, every good reliever will have a meltdown game, right? It happens, and he couldn't find the plate, and he, he, was, he was sloppy. It was bad. I think your question is fair. Your outlook is, is reasonable, which is, is that a one-game thing where he just didn't have it that night, or do we have something to worry about? And so, so Jody, today, they get the lead off of Spencer Strider. Yeah. Yeah, and, we don't know that. <laughs> no, I'm just supposing. Bailey Falter puts together a quality start, and there you go. Sir Anthony strides into the ninth inning with a one-run lead against the Braves and shuts him down. That's what we need, right? Okay. That would be nice. That would be nice. So just to uh, just to give people kind of the numbers where we are right now, the Phillies are in a – well, everybody knows. They're battling with the San Diego and Milwaukee. There's two wild-card spots. Those three teams are going for it. Both the Padres and the Brewers won yesterday. The Phillies lead San Diego by a half game and Milwaukee by two games. I think Phillies have 17 games left to go. 
And as we have seen in past years, Jody, no lead is safe at this time of the year. The Phillies have five games left against the Brave today, next week. Uh, the Braves are playing to, you know, catch the Mets. Um, what are they now, six and eight, I guess, against the Braves this year. They won those early season games. They they got to win some of these things. You can't – it's nice to beat up on the Marlins and the Nationals and the Pirates, but you got to win some of these games. And luckily, oh, by the way, they've got seven games left against uh, lesser lights. Right. But they've right. also got the Braves for today, the Braves for four more, Toronto for two in between, who, oh, mm-hmm. by the way, is hanging just close enough – that they can kid themselves that they can catch the Yankees and win the American League East. So they've been playing good baseball, and they're still in the thick of things for a race. If they were already locked in uh, the National League, we actually have a race for the wild card. Unfortunately, that's why I'm sweating right now in my basement. Thank you for asking. Uh, The American League has its seven games, seven teams already locked in. So there's uh, the only race that's really, in my uh, estimation, it's open is the Yankees because they're faltering down the stretch. So Toronto has every reason to play uh, as hard as humanly possible these next couple of games coming up against the Phillies. The schedule is not their friend, but I wouldn't call it their enemy either. It's going to keep us on our toes for the next two-plus weeks, Mac, man. It's it's better than, oh, shoot, let's all dive into the Eagles head first because the baseball season's over. But it also isn't going to be a cruise, let's set our pitching up the way, exactly the way we want for the postseason either. They're going to have to continue to win games all the way to number 162. Yeah, they are. And I also, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion this year, like, why aren't the fans all aboard, right? Well, how come we don't have uh, That was me. People? Guilty as charged okay, after that well, Mets series when the Mets fans came in and took over the stadium. Uh, yeah, awful. But I think the answer was what we've seen over the last few nights, which is I think people will be delighted if they break a 10-game 10-season drought and make the playoffs. I don't even know if delight is the word, but they'll be certainly happy, and the team is on the upswing. Everybody sees that. But if you can, if if they went down and beat the Braves this weekend, two out of three, I think you would have a much fuller house next week. People are one toe in the water, one foot and four other toes out because it'll be great to make the playoffs, but if everybody believes it's just going to be it's going to be over before the weekend ends when the playoffs start against the Braves, then people are going to be reluctant to, to join in. You're probably right. And I stand by my stance that I took several weeks ago that just making the playoffs is good. Is it good enough? Is it the ultimate goal? No, of course, we want to see another parade here in town. But when you haven't made the playoffs in a decade, getting to the playoffs is an achievement unto itself. And, yeah, my estimation was, as shown by the lack of packing the house at Citizens Bank Park, people weren't excited enough, weren't giving the Phillies enough credit for the improved season that they're having. If they choke it up, I'm going to have to choke up a little crow here, too, because I said they were already in. And uh, here's the problem with today. And Bailey Falter's going, and uh, I've been very impressed by Bailey Falter. I went back this week on my, if the Phillies make it, and this was before they lost the two games to the Braves, um, the whole how do you use your three starters in the three-game series, and I'd like to sandwich a lefty in between Nola and Wheeler and not just roll out my two quasi-aces for the first two games because 
that's what everybody does. Well, everybody's never been in a three-game series before because there's never been a three-game series before. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say I think a little outside the box. And if you win game one on the road, you come back with someone in the middle between Wheeler and Nola, and you hold your second guy for uh, game three if you need it and or have him ready for the first game of the next series. Well, the guy I was leaning toward all along was Ranger Suarez. And now I think I would prefer Bailey Falter because he's been their best really? pitcher for the last several weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I need to see more out of him. And by the way, Suarez was terrific the other night. I know he yeah, had a was few good. rough starts. But, okay. Well, you know what? Here's the deal, Jody. Hopefully two weekends from now you and I can have that debate. Hopefully it'll be a relevant and good argument to have. All right. Uh, 215-592-9494, we would love to talk to you today. Let us transition into tomorrow night's game, Eagles-Vikings. Uh, this is a this is pretty marquee early season matchup. This is a good game for Monday Night Football. They landed a good one. I think that the Eagles have a really talented roster. I think Jalen Hurts uh, looked very good, certainly looked good running the ball last week. Uh, as they beat Detroit, defense was the opposite of that. We'll get to that in a bit. But the Vikings, under new coach Kevin O'Connell, also got a nice win. Their offense looked very good. Uh, how we'll, we'll make our predictions toward the end of the show, but kind of give me the Jody McDonald, here we sit now. Oh, let me do the math. 24, 34 hours and change from kickoff. What's the Jody McDonald confidence level? Good. Um, here, well, here's my confidence level. I haven't changed my opinion about the Vikings. They did beat the Packers rather handily, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, here's where I think the Eagles will put up more resistance than the Green Bay Packers. I, I, in case Nick Sirianni and or uh, Jonathan Gannon, more importantly, is listening, I, I, I would cover Justin Jefferson. <laughs> because yeah, hold, the, hold on, let me. I, I think I may have somebody's cell phone down there. Let me text that over. Yeah, okay. if, you, if you could just shoot off a text to yeah. uh, an important member of the Eagles staff. Because, again, I wasn't watching. I'm on the air while the game is being played last week, so I wasn't watching every single snap of the Packers against the Vikings. Every single time they showed us a highlight, not only was Justin Jefferson open, there was no Green Bay Packer defender in the picture that he is just running free through the Green Bay secondary. The guy's arguably the best receiver in football. Why would you want to put a guy on him? Why would you want to just let him get that wide open? He had a great game, and he's a great player. But if you play a little bit more defense, I think you can cut into his numbers. Now I'm hoping Jonathan Gannon in his own defense can do that. I'm not 100% positive he can because they didn't do it very well last week in Detroit. But they can't be as bad as the Packers were last week and just basically not acknowledging the good uh, the level of play that Justin Jefferson plays to. He had 184 yards last week. The only guy, by the way, who had more receiving yards than A.J. Brown, AJ Brown last yep. week. Um, and what I imagine, I can tell you what you're going to get from Jonathan Gannon. He will. And by the way, Eagles have two very good corners in uh, Slay and Bradbury. Or, as Merrill called him on the interception, Blackberry, which was Ooh. great. Um, but what I, what Jonathan Gannon will do is say, okay, we're going to let him catch underneath all day, but we don't want to let him get by us. So Justin Jefferson will have 10 catches for 120 yards, and uh, if he has a touchdown, it'll be under 20 yards. How do you like those for stats? Not great. 
Well, okay, don't, but I'm better you better than against the Vikings. Be. You're right, right. but against you're, Packers, yeah. yeah, it's not uh, not going to wow me by any stretch of the imagination. Here's uh, I, I when I text you last night. This is the one thing that unnerves me about this uh, game on Monday night, and it's not the Vikings. Like I said, Vikings defense played better than I thought. Uh, they they've added a couple of veteran linebackers who seem to have kind of secured their defense a little bit. I don't love their secondary, so I think that Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, hopefully this week Devontae Smith and Goddard can uh, pick up where they left off in Detroit. Um, here's what scares me about the Eagles. Their defense isn't ready for the start of the season. It wasn't in Detroit, and I have no reason to believe it's going to be significantly better this week because a whole bunch of guys, you guys don't have to practice this week. Uh, injury report says rest. No injuries, just rest for veteran guys on the Eagle defense. They look like they were ready to tackle to you on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, g No, they certainly did not. No. So no, not let's just continue to let them rest and not be ready for the start of the season. That's so, my biggest concern right now. I hear you, and it is difficult for me to argue with you based on results. I know the line of thinking in that. The line of thinking is it's a 17-game season. We want to keep everybody healthy for that, so the veteran players all get a day off during the week. That's the logic. If you look at the results last week, your argument is difficult to, to uh, go against. So I hear you. I hear you. And we're going to have – uh, Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to join us at 11, and that is a great topic to discuss with him. I, I, I can't debate it with you, Jody, because. Right. Results... Nor could Jonathan Gannon. He's the guy who's. Uh, well, I know. Well, I that's apologize. what he'll say. Let me he'll apologize say... to Jonathan Gannon. I don't believe it's his call. Okay. That's, which is another thing that we're going to talk about. I don't think that's his call either. I think no. that who, who rests is from above, and I think that's the logic to it. I get the logic. I just would feel a lot better about that logic if they had given up 17 points and not what they gave up. Right, and you, you and I have, I know I've used this analogy with you too many times over the year. It's risk-reward. You know what the risk is. Ooh, the guys could get hurt in practice and you could lose them. You know what the reward is, that they, they are more healthy. But it's also risk-reward, the level of play that you get, how efficient they are when the game starts, which to me – outweighs the prevention of injury, which is a maybe to begin with. You put it on a scale, you weigh it out. The Eagles right now say it is leaning toward uh, caution and taking less chance. Um, I guess a little bit more of a risk taker and saying could it be the worst thing in the world for Fletcher Cox to go out and just get some reps in during practice, during the week, to get ready for a game after the performance that he put out there Sunday? Yeah. Well, it's a fair point. And one that uh, I think he should be uh, asked during those weekly news conferences. All right. One other thing I want to ask you about, uh, because week one had a lot of interesting results, uh, including the Rams lose to the Bills. Now, there's no shame in losing to the Bills. But the Super Bowl champs lost by 21 at home. I mean, they got throttled. The Niners lost to the Bears. I had the Bears as one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, the Packers, which you mentioned, score one touchdown, get crushed by the Vikings, 23-7. to uh, And the Cowboys score only three. Only team in the league not score a touchdown last week, lose 19-3 to to the Bucks, and lose their starting quarterback uh, in the process. 
how much stock do you put in week one, or is week one now kind of a continuation of the preseason? Oh, it's absolutely a continuation of the preseason. Um, I don't know how much stock I put in week one and two. Yeah, Add okay. them together and yeah. still say, all right, well, now we know. No, we don't. Because teams, yes, are now laying out their game plan, their seasonal plan, over 17 weeks, and if it doesn't start exactly the way they want, all right, fine, we're a little under ready, we're underperformed, we'll get them uh, next week. Uh, Glenn, it's a whole new world in which we're living, and you and I have knocked and mocked preseason football and been annoyed that we had to pay full-season prices for season ticket holders for uh, joke exhibition games. Well, they're even worse now, and they're yeah. still, you're still pay, paying full price for it. But at least they tried a little bit. We had the uh, dress rehearsal third preseason game when you're playing four games that you know the starters are going to play. That's the one game you wanted to see and or attend if it was here in Philadelphia. Now, there's no reason to watch any of this because nobody even tries. Uh, you're absolutely correct. And so, the, to me, the end result is the Eagles look bad against Detroit. Well, the offense looked good. Defense. Defense looked bad against Detroit. But survive and move on, right? You win the game as opposed to the Packers and the Rams and the Cowboys and the – which was the other good team I said lost the game? The Niners. Yep. All of whom lose their opening game. All considered good teams in the NFC. Hey, the Eagles were not impressive overall. I don't think people walked a game away from that game happy, but they won. And I think that that's, you know, it's, it's going to be the first couple of weeks. We'll be kind of who we are, feeling it out, and then you hit your stride. And the thing that annoyed me, Glenn, and uh, doing my shows during the week here on WIP, you're right, the Eagle fans weren't happy. Number one, because the defense was putrid. And number two, because Jalen Hurts was Jalen Hurts. And he yeah. didn't throw the ball. His completion percentage wasn't good enough. And he rushed too many times, and he's putting his uh, uh, health at risk, and he's going to get – he won the game. He did he... win the game. I, I agree. They would not have won that game without him. Correct. It's not a long-term plan, though. Well, week one, can we just no? That's right. That's right. Week I, one, Jody, you're I'm. You heard what I said to start. You you survive and like that's great. Now we move on. In the long term, it's got to change. Let me get a call in here, and then I want to throw you uh, what's going to be our uh, uh, Shibe Sports uh, gift card question of the day. Joe from Mayfair has been waiting. Hello, Joe. Hey, good morning, guys. Always a pleasure listening hey, to you guys. Friend. Yeah. Hey, Joe. Gosh, Jody hey, and I morning. talked to you like. 30 years ago on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, yeah. long time listening to sports talk. Um, with going to Phillies first, Jody, you got to get to game three before you, you know, you got to get to a game three. Oh, so, I should have known, Joe. I, you, you're never an outside-the-box thinker. Well, no, outside-the-box would be game three is you got three starting pitchers that can go and you can alternate. So it would be outside-the-box. But you're a manager. You got to go wheeler one, or two. Game three, you can go lefty, righty, lefty. You can go Balder or uh, then Eflin and then Suarez. To, to, you know, you have three starters that can go in game three. So, for me, not as good as the Braves, but if your starting pitching can – one of your two top aces can hold them to two runs or less, and you pull out one, you go to game three, then then you're talking about you go outside the box and do everything you can to win a game three. Um, they're not that far off. You know, their star hitter, you know, caught the ball and, and – Hit a couple hits, and our star hitter just missed because their star player made a great catch. So, you know, they were in both games. 
the bullpen faltering in the eighth inning, and I hope Dominguez uh, battles back from that and bounces back from that. And you know they got to get into the playoffs, but they're not that far off. You know Kyle okay. Seager here, another bullpen piece there. You're you're right there. <laughs> Kyle Seager here. Uh, okay, I think it's Corey, but okay. Uh, oh, Corey, what? I, apo- I apologize. Okay. There are two Seagers. It's Corey. I know. I, listen, right. Kyle was great for a lot of years. What he is was. your Eagles Viking point? Eagles Vikings point is very simple. You, you know, week one, every team is not ready to go. I, I think they're a defensive coordinator away from being a top contender. I don't like his game planning. I don't like how he doesn't adapt to what the other team is doing. They can trap you all day. He doesn't adjust at all. It's his scheme instead of adjusting his scheme to the players and talent he has. For me, there's a lot of ball hawks on this team, and this team is not aggressive enough at all. They're very passive still. And if you know your front four is not getting any pressure, I'm not talking blitzing every down, but if they're in a pass situation and you got a Hammonegger quarterback back there in golf who will make mistakes if you do attack at certain angles, you need to be able to do that. And I do not trust this defensive coordinator whatsoever. And my second point on Jalen Hurts is no matter what this guy does, it's never going to be good enough in this town. It's I don't, just never going to be well, good enough. And it, we, it's a shame. I, I hear you. Let me, Joe, and I appreciate it. i got to run. Um, so Mike Sielski and I discussed this yesterday, Jody, because we we ended up, we do the uh, This Week in Sports History, and this was the anniversary of Randall throwing for 447 yards, and it's also the anniversary of Donovan McNabb's first game. And we talked about those guys and Jaworski, and uh, other than Nick Foles, I don't think it's possible for any quarterback to be universally loved in Philadelphia or maybe in most towns if he doesn't win a Super Bowl. I just think that's the nature of the job. Right. You are more under a microscope in this town at that position than any other position and any other team in any other sport. Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory. You are 100% right. But I think we're a smart enough fan base that we've got to be able to uh, say, but here's the big picture. And here's what he's good at. And here's what he accomplished. Here's what I got questions about. Here's where I severely doubt it. No, everybody just lumps everything into one big evaluation. Can't do it. Runs too much. Completion percentage isn't good enough. So you look past all the other things that is that are going right and well, and that he does well because the one knock that you have, or the a couple knocks, but the one prevailing knock that you have doesn't uh, fit the perfect mode of quarterback that you want. So let's dismiss the guy. That annoys looking, me greatly. Jody, you're looking for nuance in sports talk radio, yeah. and let me know when you find it. Right. Okay. I want to, We're going to go a little long here because I want to introduce our Shive Sports giveaway for the week. This week in Philadelphia Sports History giveaway brought to you by Shive Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or at ShiveSports.com. A $50 Shive Sports giveaway, which you can use in the store or online. And here's a question. Yesterday, Jody McDonald was the 50th anniversary of the debut of the TV show MASH, which is in my mind remains one of the 10 greatest shows in the history of television lasted forever was funny when it wanted to be was poignant when it wanted to be had a great cast had a cast that changed parts over the years and the replacements were great i don't know if you're as much of a mash fan as my household i will tell you my wife still watches it Mm, yeah (laughs) if if it's on if it's on i'm flipping through the channels If it's one that I recognize and I remember because, oh, I watched enough of them. First air, re-air, I, I can spot something. 50 years. Yes. 
and I go, all right, this is cool. Let me stay here for 10 minutes. And I will. So, okay. uh, but I, I don't go looking for it. Does Judy know what time it airs and specifically I'm not sure she knows for what, it? I, I don't know what time, if she knows what time it airs. I think it's on me TV. I'm not even, I'm not sure, but I will sometimes like if I'm out or whatever, I walk into a room and she's, and she'll just watching it. So okay. my question for this, my question for today, our question for today and the one that will win the $50 gift card. And, Jody, I think that the three of us have to be judges, you and me and our producer, Dan Wilson. Uh, and the question is, name a show that's on now or in the last 10 years that will still hold up 50 years from now. MASH is 50 years old, and it still holds up. You may have seen them all and not want to see them again, but it still works. Yeah. It's still good. I don't think I think American Idol is not going to look great in 50 years if you go back. I think the Mass Singer, 50 years from now, people go see the Mass Singer and they think, "What is that stupidity?" I don't. I don't think Young Sheldon is going to, which is a top 20 show now, is going to be like Mash. Seinfeld is still funny. That went up there in 1998, so that's tw- it's almost halfway there. Give us a show. That's on now, or let's say the last 10 years. Doesn't that be on this minute? But on the last 10 years, a drama, comedy, network, streaming, whatever, that will hold up, that will still be a good show. Oh, gosh, Jody, 2073. Um, Dan that's, Wilson is the judge because, to be honest, wild. Jody, I think he's the only one among us who's still going to be here in 50 years. Yeah, you got a point there. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we all get a vote. You and Dan and I all get a vote. You mentioned young Sheldon. Yeah. Um. What What's old Sheldon show? Uh, th- uh not three. Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't... Yeah, Big Bang Theory. Do I. Big, Big Bang. Big Bang Theory. Big right. Bang. Yeah. Because here's my line of thinking, and I've watched Big Bang, and I've seen some episodes. I didn't watch it first run when it was on, but uh, I'm reruns if it's on, and I flip it on. This it looks like a funny episode. I'll stick around. Um, I think to make fifty years, you basically have to be a comedy. I, I don't think a drama can last for 50 years because it's just going to become dated. I'll, I'll uh, give you one, but okay. Go ahead. Give me Twilight the Twilight Zone. I still watch if Twilight yeah, Zone's on. No, I, and it, no, not for you? Completely given. I've never, uh, I, I didn't watch it first there. I've well, seen you were too young. Of, I was too young first there, but yeah, okay. Right. I've seen a couple of episodes with uh, performers, actors, that I know from something yeah, like, else oh, other than Robert Redford. Zone. I didn't that? know he was on the Twilight Zone, so I'll stay and watch it for that reason. Wow. Yeah. But that's the only reason. I, if it worked for you, good, good for them, good yeah, for yeah. you. Didn't for me. But I think it needs to be a comedy. I, I think that's a decent point, actually. And yeah. I don't know of a comedy that's on network. There's, there's a reason why I'm going to give you the exact answer you don't want from me. Um, I don't know that there's a comedy on network television because – how is streaming going to play 50 years from now? Oh, I think we, they'll just take the shows and run them on network. Right? You can just take you can take a streaming show and run it on network. You can do that. All right, you so your answer is none, which is a good answer. None. none Dan, do you have one that you think will work? So it's funny. I kind of like Jody's line of thinking here of a comedy. The thing is, like, lines of comedy certainly move over time, and I don't know if there'll be, like, a resurgence 50 years from now. Big Bang Theory did actually enter my realm because I don't think it's like edgy right. comedy. I think it's okay. social comedy. The other one I the, thought. No, nah, don't give away anymore. Okay, I, I want. I want to leave. Want to leave some for the people out there, but I think that's an interesting answer. 
So, whoever, uh, and the three of us will be judges at the end of the show. Dan, you got to keep the running tab of who says what. And, of course, as always, call up about something else. We threw out a lot about the Eagles and the Phillies. I want to throw out something about a broadcaster coming up uh, who is very disliked in this town. And I've never quite figured out why. We'll see what Jody thinks. Uh, 215-592-9494. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. It's back to school time. That means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere, to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make sure your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Yep, and I'll be hosting that pregame show along with Ike Reese and Elliot Shore Parks and Ruben Frank and Merrill Reese and uh, who else is going to be with us? A cast of thousands is going to be there as well. Howard, you got to get the king. Howard in there, gets don't you? in there. Yeah, yeah, we get some Howard in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the game will kick off at eight thirty, and you can hear Merrill and Mike call it right here on ninety four WIP, or you can watch it as most people will on Monday Night Football with their new announcing team of. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, After all those years at Fox, Joe Buck moves there. And so, Jody, I want to ask you a very simple question that I sometimes find perplexing. Why do people hate Joe Buck? There are anti-Joe Buck Facebook group books. There are anti-Joe Buck memes. There there are chants at games, Joe Buck sucks. Um, I think... It's easy for people to say with any national broadcaster, oh, he doesn't like our team, because people are used to listening to their own guy, and so he's not calling it for your team. But Joe Buck gets it more than anybody else. I I put this, you know, when I previewed the show this morning uh, on Twitter and Facebook, I asked the question, and I got a lot of responses like this. Somebody said, Joe Buck gets his digs on cities he doesn't like, like Philly and Boston, and then can't wait to arrogantly say he doesn't care who wins a game with a faint smirk on his face. He's a fraud. I like Joe Buck. Jody, I think he's I think he's smart. I think he's prepared. I think he's he's got good timing. I think he can make fun of himself sometimes. I don't think he overtalks. I I ask you. By the way, he's with Troy Aikman and Philly fans, I think are less bothered by the guy, the Dallas Cowboy quarterback who beat him all those times right. than they are by Joe Buck. Which makes no sense whatsoever to me. Um, here's You kind of answered your own question, Glenn. It's the whole people are used to listening. When they're listening to the Philadelphia Eagles, they hear Merrill Reese. And if they don't have access to a radio, they've got to watch the game on TV. Why isn't this guy Joe Buck calling the game the way Merrill Reese calls the game? Because he's not the Eagle announcer. He's now ESPN's announcer and used to be Fox's announcer. And he is not supposed to emphasize the positive and kind of understate the negative. So they're just not used to it and they can't compute it that this isn't the way an Eagle game is supposed to be called. That doesn't surprise me in the least. And, oh, by the way, while I blame Philadelphia fans for not being open-minded enough about it, Basically, I think it plays the same way in all 32 cities in the country. The fans just get used to hearing the hometown announcers in basketball, hockey, and um, except for an occasional game, baseball. Oh, it's the same thing. You're listening to your hometown announcers all the time, and when you hear a national one, you make the playoffs, you go, oh, my God. I remember you and I had just started together when the Phillies went to the World Series, 
and Tim McCarver was getting trashed here in Philadelphia. Former Philly, he's, by the way. He's openly rooting for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm going, this is Tim McCarter, Steve Carlton's personal catcher that yeah. you're saying this about because he called it right down the middle. And they're not used to down the middle. They want the hometown nod. So two things. First of all, Joe Buck agrees with you because his Twitter bio, I don't know if he still does. I think he might have gotten off Twitter, which in his case might be smart. But his Twitter bio used to read, I love all teams except yours. Um, We don't feel that way about Al Michaels, do we? Or Jim Nance, or I'm just trying to think of other guys who called national games. It's 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 Joe, but didn't feel that way about Summerall and Madden, or you know, it's it's Joe Buck. So he can Joe I, Buck. Can I can I answer yeah, that? Sure. Joe Buck is the Fox guy. Well, so was, yeah. ESPN, uh, excuse me, uh, the Eagles play more games on Fox than anywhere else by far. That's their majority of the broadcast. So you don't get Jim Nance all that often calling Eagle games. So okay. he doesn't get to the annoyance level of a guy like Joe Buck does. So Joe Buck did a uh, did a, a, an interview with Jamie Apote, uh Channel 6, this week to kind of set up the, uh, the Monday night game on ABC and um, had a great response. Uh, I watched it. I do think his tongue – is in cheek, but I think it was really clever. And this is what he said about his relationship with Philadelphia. Man, if I could just say to you, Philadelphia, um, I'm a fan of Rocky. Uh, it was my favorite movie as a kid. Uh, I love the colors of all of your teams. My dad was really, really good friends with Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn. Uh, I worked with Tim McCarver forever, who was a voice of, of the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and uh, what else can I say? I mean, I love book binders when it was there. I was there as a kid. Uh, and uh, I mean, the Liberty Bell, for God's sake. I took my daughter there on a little history walk. It's where our government and our, our, our nation really started. So it's a lot to love there. And I want you to love me. <laughs> Jody, Jody, your thoughts? And, and here's the other thing that, uh, about Joe Buck that I think plays against him. For that short period of time, and I don't even know how many shows he actually did, Joe Buck did an interview-slash-entertainment show, attempted to do it. It was short live because it wasn't oh. very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really was. Uh, and I think people kind of held that against him, too. And I, I, I don't know Joe well. I've met him a couple of times. I actually know his dad better than I know him because his dad was calling the Cardinal games when my father was the Cardinals general manager. So uh, whenever the Cardinals came to town, I made sure I made it. And uh, we go into the press box, and uh, we oftentimes sit with his dad, uh, me and my dad, uh, when the Cardinals were uh, playing whoever they were playing when I got a chance to see him. I got no issues with Joe Buck. I think he is the consummate pro when it comes to calling games. But I think he's tried a little too hard, and I think he even tried a little too hard with that answer. To- <laughs> uh, I think he, I think he was he was pulling everybody's leg, but I I admire him for it. But that's you do. That, I I don't. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was playing. Um, I think he was, but it fell it fell flat on its face. Yeah. Okay. All right. I hear you. Uh, so we throw that in. Why do you hate Joe Buck? Uh, for the record, Jody and I do not. Absolutely not. I think he's a phenomenal. Not just good phenomenal play-by-play. And that's the only thing he should uh, be attempting to do, and that's the only thing I care about as a observer of his work on Sundays. I think he's great at what his main job is.
All right, let's get Bill in Doylestown. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Can you hear me on kind of Bluetooth? Yeah, we got yeah, you. We got you. Um, first of all, Glenn, MASH is terrific. Jody, Colony won't, won't make it 50 years because politically correct humor isn't going to work. But for the Eagles, I wish Gannon would do some stunts on the pass rush to at least keep the offensive line on the other team guessing who they have to block. But we go straight up rush, and, and that, I think that's easy to, to deal with. Well, you know how you get good at stunting? You practice it, and they don't <laughs> practice. So your idea, while it has a lot of merit, wouldn't work in the way the Eagles prep for games right now. Well, I, I do realize that. I just wish he would change. And I, and I think when, when they, especially the Lions, when they did some stunts and things, I think that's what confused Hurts. And I yeah, think that's where they got through I pretty think... easy. I think with you know with five new starters in the defense this year, and this will kind of play to it'll play to both points, okay? With five new starters in the defense this year and more talent, you expect more creativity. We haven't seen it, but to Jody's point, if they haven't all figured out who they are, what their roles are, and how they all do it, then they're playing basic. So I would like to say that down the road, I certainly expect to see that. What's the TV show that's going to be still be valid in fifty years? I think Blue Bloods. I think they have a great cast. I think the stories are, are good and interesting. Jody, you in for that? I'm a Blue Bloods fan, as a matter yeah. of fact. Um, good cast. And and a cop show. Good it's, one, Bill. It's probably, it's, it's certainly a drama. If you break them down into just comedies and dramas. But it's not as much a drama as other shows are. So, yeah, it, 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 if there's a drama that's going to last 50 years, I like his selection. Uh, that's not a bad one to start. All right, we'll come back. We'll grab a bunch of calls coming up, 215-592-9494. Uh, Jeff McClain joins us at 11. And at 11.25, we're going to do what we're watching. Jody and I are watching the same show. We haven't really compared notes, but I think, Jody, that I might like this one a whole lot more than you. We'll see. We will see. Yes. Uh, Jody McDonald. Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The Bed Park Sportsbook and Casino app is everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. You can join Bed Parks with me right now. It's the only casino and sportsbook app that I recommend and I play with. I'm thinking about the three-game parlay I'm going to put in before 1 o'clock rolls around. College football, pro football, bet the birds every single week. Uh, they've got it all. You'll be amazed at the amount of selections, amount of potential wagers that you can have. Download the app. Do so at the App Store, Google Play, or on their website at betparks.com. And if you've never played with parks before, new users, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $750 risk-free bet. Refunded in-site credit. Sportsbook and casino. All-in-one amazing app right there in your pack, uh, your pocket. Bet more sports. Have fun on Sundays. Add to your enjoyment of watching the birds. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app where odd slots and bets and gaming all come together right there in your park. Join with me on Bet Parks right now. It is Sunday morning on 94 WIP. I'm Glenn Mack now with my pal Jody Mack. G Mack, I got a question for you. Sir. On this uh, determining the TV show that will be able to make it to its 50-year anniversary and still be on TV, uh, how strict are we going to be on the timeline? Well, here's what I think. It has to have been on in the last 10 years. 
Now, been on or debuted? Because man, De- well, debuted. no, been, been on first run. I mean, if it started in 2002 and lasted until 2016, I think it works. Oh, okay. It has to right. have have been an active athlete. Because we're, we're marking, as you and I used to say, <laughs> active athlete. You got to be within one year. Um, because we're marking Mash as a 50-year uh, accomplishment, but it debuted yeah, yeah, yeah. at a time. Because, yeah, yeah. like I, I told you, I'm a Blue Bloods uh, fan, mm-hmm. and I went back and double-checked, and it debuted in 2010. Yeah. So it That's okay, had, but it's still on, right? debut in the last 10 years. Yeah, it's still first run. Yeah, has to have been, had new episodes on in the last 10 years. Okay. Jody, you and I are, will not be here in 2073 to judge this, promise you. That's, you got a point there. But somebody's going to win today. And maybe that person in 2073 will see that show on the air and tell his great-grandson, you know what? Back in 2022, this, this, there are these Wait, 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 wait a minute. Guys. Is he still going to be wearing the hat that he got from Shib Sports? <laughs> I hope so. Yes. It'll really be a throwback oh, then. There, there you go. That's the quality <laughs> stuff you get at Shib that 50 years later you're still wearing that. I won this hat because there of Glenn Macnow and Jody McDonald. That's right. There you have it. All right. Uh, <laughs> Brian in Norristown, you're on with Jody and Glenn. Mac and Mac, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Good. First of all, tandem's back together again. That's what I like. Thank you. Okay, now we're going to a couple of Eagle comments, and i got a show for you. Go for it. Go for it. For, for the, the front four, there was really no action from that. With Derek Barnett being out, I don't know who's taking his place. But now, with the, if they put, like, Williams or whoever else in there, if Cox doesn't do nothing within a few weeks, would you substitute him out now and bring somebody else in just to try something different? Well, Cox isn't going to be out. He's healthy. He's playing. He's resting during the week, but he's going to play on Sunday, so they don't need to replace Fletcher Cox. They need to hope Fletcher Cox can found, find a fountain of youth and back, back, back things up about three or four years. Uh, but they're not going to replace him. He's still going to be part of the mix. You just hope that Jordan Davis gets more than 22 snaps this week. Right. Right, right. But I'd, I'd assume, like I said, like if the front four ain't just getting – Getting no pressures. Well, you're not, not going to find guys walking down Broad Street. Your lineup is your lineup, right? So, right. you know, I mean, as Jody said, you kind of you play the guys who are more effective more often. But with defensive linemen, they switch them in and out so much. Hey, Fletcher Cox is is not what he used to be, but he's. I hope. I, I say this now in hopes that I, that what I'm saying is true. He's not. Well, he's not totally washed up yet. And I so, wasn't a big fan of Joe Buck. I think he's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. What is the TV show that's going to stand up in 2073? Well, I'm changing my opinion. I want to go with the NCIS shows. Uh, okay. That's a good All series. Right. Yeah, that's that's a, that's actually a very good franchise. You watch those, Jody? And if you go all-inclusive, you, you take that many more shots. There, there you go. That's right. About six of them. So uh, you <laughs> increase your odds of being right. Yeah. Uh, quick question for you. The loss of Derek Barnett. Mm-hmm. Dooms the Eagle season, no. or blip on a radar screen. Uh, closer to the second. I mean, he's he's a guy who's in your rotation, who is, I would assume, better than the next guy they picked up this week. I forget the name of the guy they picked up, but they picked up a, a spare guy, and so you'll miss him a little bit. But he had two and a half sacks last year. It's not right. exactly like he's a major contributor, but he's a guy who. You know, plays, I don't know, what, 30 plays a game, maybe, in the rotation? 
But he, you know, it's but, a, it's depth. But, you lose depth is what you lose. But Glenn, he plays hard. He yeah, plays so. the way the Eagles coaching staff likes him to play and prepare. And it, the guy is. See a theme and with I Jody know, today. A little bit, specifically Jeez. Derek Barnett. Um, I think he's been a massive underachiever, and I yeah. get it. If oh, yeah, he was for, for a first-round pick, sure. Right. If he was someone that they had signed this offseason as a free agent, which he was, and they just decided to bring him back, we wouldn't be judging what he did prior to. But he was an Eagle, and he was a first-round draft pick, and he hasn't gotten to the quarterback enough save one play in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Other than that, it's been major underachievement for me and it just every time the Eagles coaches talk about him, and Sirianni's only been a year and change, and Canada, oh, everything he does, right? Here, he's, we yeah, need more yeah. Derek Barnett's. No, we don't. We need yeah, guys no. who actually get to the quarterback. They're they're blowing smoke there. I think yes, I I hear you. I'm I am with you on that. Uh, let's get to Grant in Aston, who's uh, got Joe Buck thoughts. Grant, you know what? Joe Buck's probably arriving morning, in Philadelphia guys. right around now, listening to this stuff. Hey, Joe. Good morning, guys. Hey, how you doing? Good. Yeah, Joe Buck, you know, I met him, I don't know, seven, eight years ago in New York City, and he's a very nice, cordial man. Took pictures with us and stuff. It was a great banquet we were at. But uh, I feel like he gets a bad rap because he gets too hung up on certain players and games that he calls. Like, I remember when he was calling the World Series with the Dodgers and it's like he was in love with Clayton Kershaw, and I think that well, kind of annoys uh, people. Clayton Kershaw is only one of the best pitchers of the last 50 years. I get it. You know I who think- he was in love with? And you just reminded me of this. He was in love with Kyle Schwarber, who's now here. Right, when the Cubs were in the World Series. He was right. in love with Kyle yeah. Schwarber. Yeah, and I'm from Chicago because Schwarber had come back from getting hurt like yeah, in spring yeah. training just for the World Series. But he – he has this, like, overly amount – and it sucks because he has to be kind of generic to all teams because he calls so many. You're right about that. But he's uh, he's a great announcer, you know. Like, yeah. he's got a strong voice, and he calls games well. The knowledge that he has is great, and he's a nice guy. So, I think I think he gets a bum rap, but he is a little a little on the annoying. Uh, other than the Kershaw love, eh? All right. What's, yeah. your, uh, what's your TV show that will last for the ages? I would have to go with The Simpsons. Ooh. That's interesting. Jody, it's already been on for Half, geez, ha- halfway home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I can still turn it on. You know, it's like I don't watch it regularly, but if I'm flipping around and it's on, I it's it's I usually hang with it. Um it's not a bad answer for me. You? All right. I'll 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 do a little humble brag here. Um do you know how the Simpsons debuted? Yeah, it was with um, it was a series. It was a thing within the Tracy Ullman show. Just Correct. Like a segment. Yeah, just one. And it was segment much more primitive the, back then. Uh, yeah, well, uh, everything was. No, I mean the drawing of it was just it was not as tight. Yeah, right. But all cartoons were at that time because uh, it was long enough ago. Probably they uh, didn't even know how much it. They had no idea it was going to be blow up and become what it became. But you're right. They probably didn't pay enough money to make it uh, uh, look better at the time. I love that. I would specifically, with my VCR, record the Tracy <laughs> Ullman show, fast forward through all of Tracy the, Ullman. The big tape cassette there. <laughs> yes, correct. 
Be to kind, get, rewind. Yes, sir. <laughs> to watch the five-minute uh, insert of The Simpsons and then shut it off. I didn't, didn't care, care for Tracy Ullman, but I thought that The Simpsons <laughs> were that great. If you could have bought stock in just The Simpsons, oh, I would yeah. not be working with you, Glenn Matthau. I would have retired. <laughs> because You'd have an I island was, of your own somewhere. I was that big a fan of just that little snippet in the yeah. Tracy Ullman show and 30 however many years later, it's still uh, first run. Uh, so much money could have been made. And I, I even uh, asked a buddy once, it was a guy who worked on Walsh, can I? He goes, hey, no, you buy Fox or you don't buy Fox, but you can't buy just The Simpsons. So I'm not big a fan of the show. I think it's the longest running show on TV. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, not like not counting like Meet the Press or whatever, but I think it's, you know. Episodic. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. 215-592-9494 coming up. We are going to talk to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer covers the team. And Jody's got some pertinent questions. I'm looking forward to that. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now Sunday morning on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now Sunday morning, 94 WIP. Uh, Eagles tomorrow against the Minnesota Vikings Monday night football. You know what, Jody? It's going to be a good tight game. I'll be honest, I am a little bit nervous about it. Let us see what our pal Jeff McClain thinks. Jeff covers the Eagles and does a terrific job for the Philadelphia Inquirer and Philly.com. Jeff, how are you today? Good morning. What's up, guys? Good morning. Hey, Jeff. Jody, I want you to go first because you've got a you got an issue that's you care about a lot. Yeah, I do, um, and it, it it's an issue we'll never be able to say definitively. We know the effect that it has on games week in week out, but we can all have our opinions. So we need Jeff's. Jeff, do the Eagle veteran guys need more rest than anyone else in the National Football League? Because it seems that way to me, uh, from preseason, opening of camp, to preseason games, to the first week of who's actually out there on the practice field. The Eagles should be the most well-rested team in the National Football League. Are they going about it the right way? Yeah, well, I, you know, I followed this very closely for the last um, several years. Not, I mean, not just because I covered the team, but also I found it of interest because, you know, for three years, the Eagles were probably the most injured team in the league. Um, from 2018 to 2020, and it had very much to do, had a lot to do with why you saw the decline following the Super Bowl. So they decided over that court, and I, I think over that period of time, they, they changed their doctors, they kind of changed their whole philosophy of how they would handle uh, the, the players' health. And increasingly, or like decreasingly, I say they had the guys practicing. Um, and you would start to see kind of guys like pop up on the practice report that Fletcher Cox wasn't practicing. Um, Sometimes during the week, and maybe it would be Kelsey, maybe like primarily those two guys. And then, you know, the last few training camps, once Nick came aboard, they even went even more aggressive in terms of the kind of scaling back how hard they practice these guys. And you know what? Last year, they were one of the least injured teams in the NFL. And coming into, you know, and throughout training camp and coming into the season, they are again one of the most in, least injured teams, uh, excuse me, in, in the NFL. They had nobody on the practice report last, uh, uh, the injury report last week. They've had nobody on the injury report this this week. I, that's never happened, I think, as far as long as I've covered the team. So you tell me. Right, but do we not count Andre Dillard and Derek Barnett? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the injury report, but yeah, those guys are hurt. But like, I would say with those those guys, those those injuries have nothing to do with soft tissue injuries. I mean, that's that's really what the resting of players is is what they're trying to address, and that was a major reason why they're having so many injuries. Yeah, there are the, there are the injuries, the ACLs, the Achilles, the broken bones, stuff like that. Yeah, very, you know, those are in most cases, there's not much you can do about those types of injuries, and that's what we saw in both the cases of Andre Dillard and Derek Barnett. What they're trying to do is they're trying to decrease the number of soft tissue injuries. Now, yeah, you could say that there is a, um, you know, there's a negative, a possible um, negative that, that comes with that, and, and I think maybe to some extent you saw a little bit last week with the fact that they just weren't tackling well, but I don't, I don't think it was that. I think, I think the lack of tackling, and we'll probably get to the subject in a second, had more to do with not putting the players in the right position. But to me, it seems like the Eagles, the way their approach is working. Now, there are other uh, athletic trainers that I've talked to and on other teams who say, no, um, football players should be trained like boxers. You know, they need to spar um, to, to get their bodies ready to, to play at that level. Um, there are certainly teams that still do it that way, but the Eagles are doing it this way, and they, they believe that it's working for them. All right, uh, yeah, and you mentioned the uh, how, how poorly they tackled. It, uh, I, it is too early to overreact, overreact to the defense, and I don't want to do that, except that it's a lot of what I saw last year. And they, and they sure didn't look good. We can get to the overall, but I want to start with Hassan Reddick, who I thought was kind of invisible that game. Um, he'd signed the mm-hmm. huge deal in the offseason, three years, $45 million. Uh, I know you went through the tape play-by-play. I, I literally at one point looked to make sure I had the his right jersey number because he played 47 snaps, and I didn't see him. Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of Reddick on the, on the tape, and the only play that he made was in terms of, like, you know, highlight play was he had a tackle for loss in the run game. But in terms of the pass rush, the reason why you brought him here, essentially, uh, he did nothing. He didn't touch the quarterback. And that's so what not is that? Acceptable. Is that scheme, or is that, was that he just didn't get off to a good start? How do you what do you attribute it? I think it was a combination of things. I think it was him probably not getting off to a good start. Uh, I would say that also the, the Detroit Lions have a very good offensive line, underrated. I don't, I don't, we probably didn't um, address that as much as at least I probably felt like I should have talked about it a little more heading into the game. I knew that they were good, but um, that's probably the strength of their team. And I think some of it do with scheme. I, I thought some of the the rushes they they had him kind of off the ball rushing from that spot and so what you're doing is you're, you're you're taking him further away from the line and you're at you're kind of almost blitzing him and the ball is coming out quick now that goes back to the defensive coordinator and are you marrying your coverage up with your rush so that when you are blitzing guys you better have your coverage guys in the right spot so, so that so that um jared goff isn't getting the ball out quick and if you look at the numbers he was getting the ball out quicker than any other other quarterback in the in the NFL last week. So I think some of it's on Hassan, and I think some of it's on the team. All right, along those lines, defensive line, getting the guys in the right spot. I would suggest getting Jordan Davis on the field a little more often would be putting him in the right spot. Uh, the Eagles had a tough time explaining the numbers that came out after the game when he's in the lineup on the field. Uh, Detroit rushed for 2.9 yards per carry. When he was out, they rushed for almost 10 yards per carry. Are we going yeah, to see I'll, more of Jordan Davis? Well, yeah. I mean, I'll explain it. I mean, this is a kid that they still feel like isn't in peak. You know, he isn't in NFL shape. They want to kind of get into that. Sometimes it takes a whole entire year. Sometimes it takes a whole entire first full off season. Um, and then also, you know, he was his first NFL game. That being said, why do you trade up in the first round for a guy that you say is going to be like kind of the centerpiece, especially of your of your run package? 
and he plays less than any other defensive lineman. So I was, I didn't think he was going to play a lot. I was, I was shocked that he'd be the fifth, the guy, uh, that he'd even be behind Marlon uh, Tulipoto. Um, so yeah, I agree with the extent there. I thought the bigger issue uh, with the with the run defense was that they just didn't use the five man package, uh, especially early on. That was to me the issue because you saw when they had the five man out there. Now certainly Jordan's out there and he was playing well. I don't want to overstate uh, his performance. I think that is kind of we've seen that now. Oh, Jordan Davis was unbelievable. He was good, but right. you could still run that five down pa- package with Javon Hargrave, who played over the center last year more than anybody else, or you could do it with Marlon. So. To me, that was that was the bigger issue. Of that, of course, includes Jordan Davis. Why isn't your number one pick out there more than he is? And I think it, we'll see him more as we go along here. But I think it's going to be a little bit more of a process than, than maybe people outside the building are realizing. All right. My last question on the defense is relates to Jonathan Gannon's uh, news conference during the week. And what I really don't think was a revelation, but it certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. And I'd like you to kind of explain where we are with this in which Gannon talked about how uh, they sit down, devise the game plan, Howie Roseman is in there, and I think people took that as how he's dictating how the defense is going to play. Um, you've covered this a lot, and you've covered Howie Roseman's influence on the team and what it has meant with previous coaches. Mm-hmm. What exactly are we seeing here? Um, yeah, I don't think John even thought much of it because, again, I think this is that kind of – part for the course around the NFL. I mean, you're going to have GMs involved at that level. Uh, you're going to have some more than others. Uh, I would say Howie probably on the on the uh, on the scale is probably one of the more involved GMs you're going to see uh, in terms of personnel. Um, yeah, like Nick. The way Nick explained it was like, oh, I, I can't, you know, decide who's going to come up with a practice squad. Like, yeah, that's that's certainly a GM type of thing, but that's not like a major deal. I think the question is, you know, how much is Howie influencing? which guys are, are active on game days and, and are, do you have anything to do with, you know, certain guys playing the amount of snaps. Now, I, I don't think it ever gets the extreme or how he, how he says, I have to have this guy playing, but certainly his voice is, is influential. He's the GM. And if he's going to speak up for some of his guys, and this is what uh, I reported before with coaches that worked under Doug Peterson that had a problem with it was that they were just wondering, okay, well, you know, why are certain guys getting on the field more than other guys when, it didn't start, you start to think that, oh, maybe it's tilting towards the guy that these lower draft picks that Howie had drafted that, that they don't think should be on the field. Then all of a sudden it starts making them look bad. That, you know, when, when you see like wide receiver, remember the Eagles have had issues at the wide receiver position. They've had, you know, guys draft, they've drafted uh, in other positions. So that was, you know, that was the bone of contention from more than a handful of coaches that I spoke with that talked under Doug Peterson. Now, part of that was on Doug. Doug was allowing Howie a little too much. Um, they wanted someone a little more, uh, you know, authoritative in terms of how he handled the, the, the game day rosters and who was playing and how much they were playing. But that you I, know, don't, I don't see Nick as that of guy. Play calling, how he's not doing anything with that in terms of the game plan and play calling. No, absolutely, guy, how he's nothing to do with that. But it's certainly in terms of personnel. Yes, he is involved. Let me just uh, just real quickly follow up. I I don't see Nick as somebody who's going to stand up more than than Doug did. Maybe he is, but that would surprise me. I would say Nick probably a little more would be willing to kind of put his foot down than, than Doug might just might okay. having been around now for, for a little bit. So, but we'll see how it plays out. Uh, you know, I think to some extent, extent because John said the way he did, this has been exaggerated, you know, blown out of proportion a little bit um, because it just happens all around the NFL and you have GMs that are, that are, you know, they'll call down during games. I mean, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if how he falls in that category, but he's certainly involved. Absolutely.
And it's funny that Doug was as amenable as he was for as long as he was, and he finally decided to take a stand about some of his coaches, and it probably and helped to get him rushed, pushed out yeah. the door. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that with Sirianni now, going that, forward. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that had to do with Lurie. Just, Lurie was the one who was also dictating what coaches he wanted and which coaches he didn't. That was more Lurie than Howie, but that, that was that problem. Understood. All right, uh, flipping over to the offense – it amazed me, Jeff, in uh, the ways that I get feedback from Eagle fans on WIP, on my Twitter, on Birds 365. People just not uh, acknowledging that Jalen Hurts won the game for him last week. Say what you want. The defense wasn't good. A.J. Brown is great. Get it. But somebody's got to throw it to him. They won the game because Jalen Hurts played the game the way he played the game. But God forbid he rushed too much or not throwing up completed passes. His percentage is not good enough. Why can't for one week Eagle fans just accept, hey, the kid won the game for us? I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I thought he played great. I, I thought it, watching it live, and I, and I thought it when I, when I watched the film, and obviously when talking to people who really know more about this game than I did, hey, what do you think? How do you think Hurts played? You know, talk around the lead. They're like, he played great. Uh, I, there weren't many examples where he missed got open guys. Uh, a lot of times if you saw a guy was open, all of a sudden – You'd watch the Enzo view and be like, oh, he had a guy right in his face. That's why he didn't throw it. Now, certainly, you know, as we go along here and, and Jalen matures, you'd want to see him maybe, okay, you can sidestep that guy or you can just keep your eyes downfield and you can you can hit that guy. I mean, you see, you know, some of the some of the better quarterbacks be able to do that. And I thought there was a particular third down late in the game where he could have done that. He had A.J. wide open um, over the middle. If he just takes a step up and throws it um, – that's a huge gainer, and he only took a two-yard scramble, and then they had a punt. But other than that, uh, you know, there was a throw before the half when the game well was seconds left, and the Eagles had no timeouts. That was a bad decision. But other than those two ones, I just I thought Jalen did everything that, he, that you'd hope that he would do, especially considering his skill set. And and you know, I, I just feel like um, around here and maybe even everywhere, it's like everyone's become these quarterback experts because. We just become so saturated with opinion on the su- on the subject, and it's just like, oh well, he, is he going to win a Super Bowl playing this way? Well, like, who, first of all, who said anything about Super Bowl? We're just talking about the one game that he's playing or each plays that he's playing. I mean, like, why do we have to get ahead of ourselves here? This is a kid that's only starting the second full season as a starter of his career. Uh, he's only 24. I I saw improvement. I saw a guy who, when he was in trouble, he's rolling to his left, was throwing the ball away. When typically last year he tried to still. Try, try run it, or he'd try and throw it across his body. Um, I saw a guy that every time you know he could avoid contact, he would get running out of bounds or sliding, um, and maybe a few times before he, he wouldn't do that. Now, of course, that does open him up for injury, and you have to question that 17 times running the ball is going to be a sustainable winning formula. I would say no, but the Eagles aren't saying that either. They're saying this is what he had to do to win this game. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? They won it by three points because Jalen Hurts did tons of good things. I Thoroughly agree. Jeff McLean, you follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore McLean, M-C-L-A-N-E. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend, and thank you so much for being our guest today. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. Jody, he kind of said exactly what you said there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it And you and I talked about it in the first segment. The position of quarterback in Philadelphia is a very tough one for her everyone to agree on it just it's virtually impossible yep. can't happen so it comes down to percentages and i thought the negative percentages on jalen hurts were out of whack off what high. he did week yep. uh, one agreed
Two one. Uh, you know what? Let me. I'm sorry. I'm sneaking a call here. Joe and Berwin, you've been up next. What do you got on your mind, Joe? Yes. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're good. Good, bud. Very good. I'd like to start with uh, great teamwork between you two. To lose Ray is one thing, but uh, Jody, it's great to have you. Uh, Thank you, buddy. In that, appreciate it. Um, I do want to talk about the uh, Eagles' offensive line and aging, but I think Jeff actually kind of covered a lot of that for me. But that being said, uh, instead of repeating a question, I'd like to switch over and ask Jody something a little different off the wall in sports. And that being the love of standard bred horses that I have. Where has there been any sports athletes over the years? We all know about the thoroughbred, the racehorse parks, Pete Rose and all that. Have there been athletes over the years that have taken a true liking to the standard bred game? Uh, there was one guy, um, D- Mac, you may remember the name, John Montefusco. John Montefusco, the count, the pitcher. The count yes. of Montefusco. Yeah, Giants. Who was Giants. A- yes, Giants. he was actually an owner, and I think he tried to dip his hand into driving after his hmm. playing career was over and done with. But he's the only one that I know of that is in the uh, harness racing game who was a former athlete in another sport. Wouldn't he be big for a driver? You know, it's amazing. The I guess it's the physics of it, and I don't understand it, Glenn. I've attempted to try and figure it out, and I just can't. The size of the driver is not near as important as it is a jockey in horse racing because okay. you're not actually on the horse. You're in a cart, and apparently they can pull just as fast even if they're pulling less weight. Um, but there there are 200-plus pound drivers in harness racing all over the place. Well, there you go. It's a post-football career for Jordan Maialata. I don't know if that he he might tip the scales, pardon the pun, uh, yeah. for for that to actually be true. All right, John and Tim, stick around. We'll take other calls at two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. And coming up, Jody and I give you a show to watch on what we're watching. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now on ninety four WIP. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app is everything you could possibly want in a sportsbook and a digital casino. Join Bet Parks now. Do so with me. It's the only casino and sportsbook app I recommend and play with. I just put in my three-team parlay for this afternoon's action. NFL, college football. You can bet the birds every single one. They're up to three now um, against the Vikings on Sunday. Download the app at either the App Store, Google Play, or on their website at betparks.com. If you go to the website, if you're a new user, never played with Parks before, how would you like to start your relationship with a risk-free $750 bet. Risk-free bet, refunded inside credit, sportsbook and casino, all in one amazing uh, app right there in your pocket. Bet on player performances, who scores first, touchdowns. You'll be surprised how many offerings they have, player props, parlays, teasers, you name it, you can get it all, and it all comes together in one amazing app that you've got right there in your par- in your pocket, ready for football action on this Sunday. Join with me on the Bet Parks app right now. All right. Well, it turns out Jody and I are again watching the same show. It's called Bad Sisters on Apple TV. It's an Irish drama slash black comedy family dynamic. Uh, Jody, let me uh, let me. Uh, I'll explain it, and then you tell me what you think about it. All right. Sure. 
It's about five adult sisters, one of whom is married to the meanest guy on earth. He's a he's a manipulating, deceitful, nasty SOB who has spent years just kind of belittling his wife, their sister. They all hate him for good reason. I mean, he's, in one episode, he steals his own daughter's confirmation money. Oh. Uh, he is uh, he is blackmailing one of the sisters. He's trying to undermine the business of another. So the four sisters, uh, the four other sisters, all really well played, by the way. They have this kind of drunken night where they come up with the, the fantasy conversation that they want him dead. And, well, he ends up dead. Um, except through I've watched four episodes. How many have you watched so far? Two. Okay. Through four episodes, we're really not sure if the sisters actually pulled it off or if he just died in an accident. They have a couple of failed attempts. Um, you know what? I don't want to say too much more because you haven't seen other people haven't. Uh, there's this nosy insurance man investigating the claim. That's the plot line, and I love it. I, I, I love the way this show, they show the different roles and the relationships of the sisters. I love the beautiful Irish coastal town where they shot it. It can get a little confusing when it time marks from now after the SOB's death to before as it sets up the motive. But I think it's a great show. Um, you tell me what you think, and then I'll, I'll come back and give a little more. Hey, hey, one thing you just mentioned that I'll disagree with you on. I actually like the fact, and some people would say, Jody, it's just because you're not bright enough to follow along. They They, they always do that little... Like time underneath when yeah, they that go little back technique in where time. they yes yeah 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 six months ago four months ago whatever I kind of need that because I've watched shows that jump in and out of time and like whoa 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 is that present day or was that previously and I get easily confused but that's just my problem and issue I like the way that they do it and go back and forth between the two and it plays well off each other so I very much like the way the show is produced and you are one hundred percent correct the characters are great. And it's so funny you mentioned it. My question to you was going to be, of the episodes you watched, what is the one thing that you just can't get past with the now-deceased husband when he takes his daughter's confirmation money and puts it in? I literally wanted to punch the TV screen. I wanted to go over and just punch my TV screen. What a uh, words we can't use here on WIP that I I uttered in my own home. But... um, just, he plays it to the hilt. He is such an a-hole. All right, we'll go with that one. Uh, just off the charts, bad guy, which everything then spins off thereafter. And the four different sisters with the four different lives and the four different looks at life. I think the characters are great. It kind of drags. That you that think? was Yeah, it did. It dragged. The first episode I got to, and then the second episode, I was hoping it would pick up the pace a little bit, and it really didn't. So it's got so much potential, and I only watched two episodes. You've already watched four, um, that it may at some point, uh, I may get to the level of uh, like that you have. I'm not there yet, but I do acknowledge that the characters in the show are phenomenal, each yeah. and every single one of them, even the – the the only guy you can really like is the brother-in-law of the the excuse me the stepbrother of the insurance agent. That's it. All the rest of them have serious. They're more flawed than they are characters that you can actually sink your teeth into and root for and like. 
and that's uh, that's okay because I like Succession where you have no characters at oh, all on the entire show. show. Yeah. You, you can't root for any of them. They're all bad characters. At least this show has one. So I do like the characters a lot, but I, I, I hope the, story, the, the presentation of the story picks up a little bit. Uh, it's interesting you say that, and I, I don't know that I felt that way, but at, by the end of four, I didn't. In fact, so I'm watching it with my wife, and we watched episode four last night. And I said, "Hey, you want to watch it?" And then she says, "It's too tense. It's really tense because it's, it's it's it it does get to be kind of a, a nail biter. So maybe you will find that pick up. Okay. Um, if you watch Little Big Little Lies on HBO, I don't know if you watch that no. show. Okay, this is that, but I think this is better. It's a mystery. It's a black comedy, as I said. It's a family drama. There are ten episodes total. Uh, I can't wait. I guess Tuesday after football is over for the week, I will watch episode five. Um, it is on Apple TV Plus, as I said. It is called Bad Sisters, and Jody, I so far through five through four episodes, I give it an eight point five out of ten. You? Yeah, I'd I'd be a little less than that. I'd probably go seven, but with the absolute option of uh, upgrading. Because if you said Jody, do you think you're going to get worse or you're going to get better? Oh, I'd bet on better. Uh, You're sticking with it. It's trending in the right direction. Um, Just didn't completely win me off. This is the way I always judge these things. When you have something that you can go ahead, if you want to just put your life on hold and take the next day, half day, whatever it's going to take, and spend eight hours in front of a television. Oh, I've had shows like that. I've started streaming, and I can't move. I can't go. Honey, I can't go to the store. i got to scream up to the wife because I just refuse to move from the TV. I'm not there yet with this show. I may get there, but I'm not there yet. Bad Sisters on Apple TV Plus. That's our recommendation for the week. A couple other things I just want to bring up while we're on TV. Uh, did you get to watch the Thursday night game on Apple Prime Video? Yes. Thoughts? Much like with, I think it's Apple Baseball as well, the quality of picture is unbelievably it's good. Very sharp, yeah. Really, really, really good. It just it it makes your you're watching that much more entertaining. Um, the pregame show I watched a little bit. I like uh, Carissa Thompson. Uh, I don't know that shirt that Ryan Fitzpatrick was wearing. I was <laughs> glad that the uh, definition of my TV was as good as it was. You got every color in the rainbow there. Yeah, I. Uh, and why Richard Sherman is part of their pregame show when last we heard about Richard Her- Sherman, he was kicking down his father-in-law's door after avoiding a DUI. It does surprise me that the NFL networks just, they don't care what kind of uh, guys they're hiring to be uh, analysts no. as long no. as they think they're hot. They've got some uh, heat attached to them. And even if it's controversial, if they join their broadcast, they think they're going to get uh, more people to tune in. Um, okay, one other note. Tomorrow is the funeral of the Queen, and they have predicted that 4.1 billion people watch funeral. I can't believe that. There, I think there are like 7.5 billion people on Earth. It means more than half the people on Earth are going to watch the funeral, which, if that is accurate, would break the current record of the most watched thing ever, which was 3.5 billion people watched Muhammad Ali open the Atlanta Olympics back in 96. Ooh. I don't think I'm going to watch the funeral. I mean, I suppose it's like if I'm in the house and I'm not doing anything, I will turn it on just to see how it's done. But 
Are you staying home to watch it? Is your family staying home oh, to watch I, it? Oh, I will, I will see it because my wife has TV news on every minute of every day. So I will pass by her in whatever room she's watching, and she will have it on. So I will see it. I think you just said, will I sit down? No, I won't sit down and watch it. I'll, You'll be a I'll passive be doing, viewer. I'll be doing what I do every day and prepping for work and doing shows and getting this ready and that ready and that thing. But I'm, I'm sure that I will see it as I uh, move throughout my house, and my wife will have an opinion on it thereafter, which you will share with me. <laughs> Okay. Well, you let me know, right? Yes, I surely will. All right. Let's uh, talk to the people. If my mouse is working, here we go. John and Manny Young, you're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, John. Glenn, how's it going, buddy? Good, John. I'm a little worried. Uh, I think people are a little over uh, positive on the Phillies making the playoffs. Like, uh, it's proven when they play teams like the Braves and the Jays who are really hot, and I think they play them the next six games. I'd, I'd be surprised if they win any of them. You know, I think. Uh, well, I don't think they're going to go zero and six, which would make them zero and eight. Um, it's actually seven because they got to play the Braves today, then Toronto for two, then the Braves for four more. So okay. they got their next seven games against Atlanta and Toronto. Okay, I don't, uh, John. If they lose all of them, I will be on your side that they won't make the playoffs. I don't think they will lose all of them. Um, the, the statistical models that are used for this. And one of the things I dislike about sports now is there's too much math and not enough art and fun. All project the Phillies making the playoffs still, if they miss John, that would be an epic collapse, which will resonate in this town for years. Yeah. Well, I think uh, they've proven they, they can beat the bad teams, but they have a really tough time against the really good teams. You right. Know, but so. making the playoffs it means beating those bad teams and they play those bad teams a lot still. Yeah. We just hope the Braves are, I mean, the Brewers they keep playing poorly. So. And All right, your, uh, what's the TV show that'll be around in 50 years? I never watched it much since I never had kids, but I think Sesame Street will still be on the air in 20, whatever it is, 22, whatever it is. That's a, that's an interesting one. Not, I, I wasn't going that direction, John. Well, they're kind of like the Simpsons, more than halfway home. Oh, I think it's been on for 50 years. 50 already? I well, think then, ses- I th- So think it's going to be on for 100, is what the caller is saying. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, or at least relevant. Even if it's not on, it'll still be watched. I mean, I guess. My kids watch Sesame Street. Sesame Street, was was it around when you were a kid? I guess. Because in my mind, it came around when I was, like, in middle school, which means you would have been, like, right in right in there. It debuted November 10th, 1969. All right. There you go. 53 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Young Jody McDonald. I, yeah, I knew of Sesame Street. I watched it every once in a while. I was not a devotee. Didn't have to be in front. I, I, I was you knew how to spell. Was more of a Flintstones guy. I got my <laughs> education from Fred more than Ernie or Bert. People still watch the Flintstones. Speaking of, speaking of, I, what we're speaking I got of? no idea. Okay, uh, is is it anywhere on any TV? Anyway, I guess you can oh, punch up anything. somewhere. Right, you can go find it if you want to, but just can you can you be cruising on by and find the Flintstones? I don't think so. Well, unanswered question for the day. Uh, we'll sneak in Tim in North Carolina. Hello, Tim. Hey, how are you guys? When are you yeah. guys going to do a uh, throwback remote show from uh, McDonald's sometime? 
We should. Uh, <laughs> the the only the only yeah, problem with well. that is, and Glenn, see if you uh, have the same exact response I do. The one that gets me nine out of every ten times somebody said I saw you and Glenn at a McDonald's. Yeah, it was McDonald's. the McDonald's on the Berlin Circle. Yes. Yeah. And that lo- that no longer exists. I live oh. close enough. I can tell oh. you that the McDonald's from there has been moved. It's still only like three quarters of a mile, not even, maybe a quarter of a mile up Route 73, but it is not the same McDonald's. That that building no longer exists. Yeah, Tim, don't oh. do not feel you need to suggest that to management. I'm perfectly happy <laughs> doing <laughs> Current setup's just fine. So, sorry I brought it up. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just uh, wondering, and maybe you guys could help me out with this. What happened to that um, that head coaching candidate, genius defensive coordinator that the Eagles hired? What's he doing these days? Because Jonathan Gannon. Oh, you're talking about Gannon. Was, um, I was Gannon. thinking, like, what are you talking about? Jim Schwartz? Who are we talking about? Gannon. Oh, Gannon. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's what we talked about earlier. It was a, uh, it was a really disappointing first game. He's got a lot of new guys in the lineup, and we hope, and Jody, I would like to believe that it's going to pick up so that defense doesn't allow 27-plus points every game. And I think I think John McClain touched on it as well. You know, the defensive line doesn't seem to be coordinating their pass rush with, with um, the cornerbacks and the coverage. That they're giving, you know, anybody can get the ball out quick, if the receivers are given 10 yards to get into their routes. Well, that's the wave of the National Football League. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> everybody is playing zone defense these days. You, you, you know the phrase, shut down corner? It doesn't exist. It, it's, it's fiction. There is no such thing as a shut down corner because either A, they're not good enough to do it, or B, Nobody deploys it. Nobody asks a cornerback to go man up on a guy, follow him all over the field, just take him out of the game. Uh, Dow Revis was probably the last one basically a decade ago for the Jets. There's no such thing as a shutdown corner. Sorry, uh, big play Slay. You're not one, but you're not alone. There isn't another one in the National Football League. Tim, what is the TV show? Uh, I should tee this up again. So MASH is having its uh, – I'm sorry, yesterday – was the 50th anniversary of the debut of the TV show MASH. And in honor of that, we are giving away our Shy Vintage Sports $50 gift card today to whoever can tell us a TV show that is on now or has been on in the last couple of years that will still be relevant in 2073. And you've got Doctor Who. It debuted in 63, and it's just hitting its stride now. Is it still on? It's still on. It's yeah. about to have its 60th uh, anniversary show. They're bringing back all the still living doctors. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, and one other. I have a recommendation. TV show, Apple TV. Sure. I don't know if you guys have, have caught it. Um, five Days at Memorial. You know, it's on my I've list to catch. The, I, yeah, I've seen the uh, previews for it. Yeah, I have too. And, and people say it's very good. And it's, it's one that, uh, hey, I'm paying for Apple TV Plus. I might as well get my money's worth. Yeah. Uh, you a Doctor Who guy? No, but I I do watch uh, BBC every once in a while, the Americanized version of BBC. 
because mm-hmm. they've got old Star Trek episodes on it. You know, I'm a Star Trek guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see the promotions for Doctor Who all the time. I've never gotten into the show, never watched the show, but I got to admit that it it, it 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 at least makes me think about potentially watching because I can get sucked in by good promos. Dan Wilson, are you a Doctor Who guy? I am not a Doctor Who guy. Okay. I'm generally not a sci-fi kind of guy. I'm not a Star Trek. I'm not a Star Wars. I'm not any of that stuff. Uh, I just it, it somehow my life avoided all of that stuff. I was not a Harry Potter guy. I was not a um, what's the the Hobbit trilogy? What's the overall name of that thing? Yeah, come on, one yeah. of you guys has to know the Hobbits. Yeah, the 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 Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Thank you. In fact, I have a neighbor. So the the initial Lord of the Rings movie, and I apologize, I do not know the name of it. Um, is is often makes lists of the greatest films ever made. The American Film Institute put out the list, I think, in 2019 of the 100 greatest movies ever made. And during the pandemic, when we weren't going anywhere, my wife and I said, like, you know what, let's make our way through this and we'll watch all the movies we never did. And so most of the ones we watched were kind of older movies, Bridge on the River Kwai and, you know, Lawrence of Arabia, which is the longest damn movie ever made. But, <laughs> you know, so we that's like, hey, when we were all stuck inside, we did that. And that's on the list. Now, I did not watch it. I have a neighbor, Raj, with whom we each do this thing where it's like, hey, try this. And I got him to try. Guy in his, had never eaten barbecue in his life, so I got him to eat barbecue. And then he gets me to do something. And then uh, I got him to do crosswords. And so he is saying that I have to watch these Lord of the Ring movies. So that may happen. And you'd That's a long way of getting around to I don't watch Doctor Who. You'd rather do Wordle. I do wor- got it in three today, Jay. Uh, I'm impressed. They gave struck you a real out. word? Yes. I Wasn't struck- pear? No, I struck out on that one on uh, Friday, but no, today. today well, well yeah, I saw you tweet about that. Yeah. What the hell was it? So here's what it, so, okay, we're late for a break, but. I know, I apologize. That's okay. I need the answer to this. So you don't do Wordle, but I think your no. wife does, you said? No. Oh, okay, okay. But, but I you know, know of it. it. I, I, know, I know people who live and right. die. Yeah, my partner on Sundays included who think that if they don't get it, somehow their life isn't fulfilled. Well, I've missed it three times in 250 opportunities, so missing it was a big deal. So it's a, it's a five-letter word, and they, you basically have six chances to guess the word, and I, I don't need to give everybody how it works because whatever. Um, and what I had was... I had four of the five letters. I had P-A-blank-E-R, okay? So I had that on three. I got three more guesses. Jody, what might you go with that? P-A-blank-E-R? Yeah. Pager. Pager is good. Paper is good. Paver is good. Pacer is good. There's a lot of opportunities, right? Right. The word was parer. P-A-R-E-R. you familiar with that? P-A-R-E-R? Yeah, I yeah. got no idea. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a British word for what you use to, like, cut the skin off of a carrot. Oh, okay. I've, yeah, yeah, which never I've used, used Never exactly. used that word. I understand it, but I've never used it. And never I in my life. If so we had, You had 26 other options. I might have gotten to it if I got into the 20s. I might have yeah, gotten well, there. I didn't I get it. other and, letters before that. 
uh, as did most people, and those of us who play Wordle were a little bit upset. All, All right. right. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Jody McDowell and Glenn Mackner. We're going up to Phillies baseball, 135. Phillies against the Atlanta Braves, and we will take your calls between now and then on 94 WIP. And it's time for me to talk to you about United Tire. Time back to school time. That means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere. To and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make sure your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today and take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. Let's talk to Dennis in Mount Laurel, see what's on his mind today. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Dennis. I'm here. Okay, go for it, Dennis. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good. All right. Hey, two things on the Phillies. One, they still seem to have trouble knocking in runners with – men on base and and that last night we had plenty of opportunities and two i'm still concerned about aaron nola in september your thoughts oh first thought is i think you're blatantly wrong Uh, and it seems like you're right and it seems to me like you're right but i heard this the other day glenn they're the number one team in the national league batting average with runners in scoring position is that right the number wow. one team. It doesn't that's, seem that's like it to me. No, I'm, I, I feel does. the same way the caller does, but the stats completely fly in the face of that, that they actually right. are. And some of the guys, like uh, Stott is the guy who I like best on the team, at being clutch. He gets clutch hits. Uh, he gets big hits in big spots. He actually gave him a chance to win that game last night. They're not as bad as you make them out to be. Well, batting average is one thing, but actually driving runs in is another. That's stat. true too. I I yeah. don't know I, that number. I don't have handy. But they get a single with man on second, and he only gets to he third. He gets stopped I, stopped the third like uh, Harper yeah, did last I, night. I, you know what I think, Dennis? I think it's that when you're a fan and you're watching the game, and the guy doesn't deliver, it strikes you much more than what he does. I think we we remember the failures more than the successes in those. That's ones. true. Agreed with that. Okay. What about Nola? Uh, last night he was he was okay. I mean, he wasn't great, but you go seven innings, give up four runs, you need your offense to do something. That's true. I, I, I thought he was actually pitching well last night. Um, Ten strikeouts, one walk, I think. His strikeouts-to-walk ratio is incredible, but, you know, it just there's a lack of consistency, I think, throughout Well, there the is year. a lack of consistency, yes. And when you get the appearances where it's, you know, four innings, six runs, those will drive you crazy, right. but – I think the, the listen. I've kind of been encouraged by the last couple of starts he had, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hang with Nola for now. Dennis, okay. what is a television show that 50 years from now will still resonate <laughs> and be good? I think it's been on all those 50, and I think it'll still be 150 more Saturday Night Live. Oh, I don't. I haven't watched the new season. Jody, have you? Uh, are you? Are you a watcher? Yeah, I haven't watched the new season. For the last 10 seasons. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm on the air. Yeah, I don't watch it when it's on. I, and, and God bless you. I will say this about you. 
you are the – well, I said this to John Clark yesterday, so I don't know that I can say – yesterday I told John Clark he's the hardest-working man in, in showbiz, so <laughs> you're, 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 you're I'm tied. I'm keeping good company if you're I'm tied. in with John and Clark. Because, yes, thank you. And, and, and you do this show with me, and you, you do other stuff on WIP, and you do uh, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, and I don't, Birds, I, Birds 365. Yeah, Birds 365 every day. And when I look at, you know, when you put something on Twitter or Facebook, it's like, God, you're on all the time. And I'm on while Saturday Night Live is live. Yeah. And I just don't think you're supposed to watch Saturday Night Live on the DVR. See, I I don't do that. What I do is they post, like, the individual skits the day after, like the morning after on Twitter or something. And so if it looks like an interesting skit, I just will invest seven minutes. The way TV works anymore, nobody, not nobody, very few people watch TV actually when it's on, as it's on. Ray Didinger being the last of the Mohicans there. So with Saturday Night Live, I'll just like, oh, they they had a good cold opening. Okay, I'll watch that. Or, oh, they had a good skit here. I'll watch that. I I haven't watched an entire show in Saturday Night Live in certainly 10 years. But I watched some. The only one that fits the bill that you're uh, describing is House of Dragons for me right now. Um, And, oh, by the way, I don't watch that live. Why? Because I'm on the air till 10 o'clock on Sundays on CBS Sports Radio. But I DVR that, and as soon as I get off the air, boom, I'm watching it. Is that all you're that invested? I need to see it as soon as possible. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick Twitter question? Sure. Do you still have your policy of you follow exactly a hundred people? And no, I'm below. I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got flexibility. I'm only you got I'm, room. I'm only at ninety nine. I have oh, the ability no. to drop? add. I don't remember. Not me. I, I hope. I, I apologize. Uh, you know who it might have been. I'm very I, honored. I'm sorry to I, interrupt. I'm very honored to be among your one hundred. As, by the way. as well, you should be. It's really, it is an yeah, honor. You, you, it is uh, right there with the Mac Daddy tweet of the day on my weekend shows on CBS Sports Radio. It's an honor. You will tell your grandkids about someday. You can go ahead and tell them now because you got grandkids. I do. Um, no. Um, I it, the the who's uh, Mr. Tibbs, the guy who does the Hall of Fame stuff. He tracks all the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame Oh, voting. that guy. Yeah, yeah. He tracks the Hall of Fame Ryan voting. Ryan something or whatever. I follow him for the months leading up to the Hall of Fame voting. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when we know who's making the Hall of Fame, I just go ahead and drop him because he's uh, the rest of his Twitter game is lo- not all that good. A, I love that. The thing is, you have a policy that you follow not exactly Mr. Tibbs. That's his. That's his Twitter handle, not Mr. Tibbs. So I, I don't think I've added anyone else since I dropped Ooh. Not Mr. Tibbs. Somebody's going to be honored soon, huh? Yes, could very well be. Well, I got two men. I, want to I have, jeez, uh, I'm at 701, which is too many to follow. <laughs> well, that's, listen, there are people who follow, you know, a couple thousand people. And then how do you, uh, how do you ever know when anybody tweets anything of consequence? Because think... it just goes right by. You miss it. All right, hold on. I'm unfollowing Daniel Snyder's Yacht Tracker right now. I think that um, it it knows who you look at, and so therefore I think it has the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not analytics. What's algorithm. The, uh, algorithm, thank you. It has the algorithm that it puts up people that you are more interested in, I believe. See, but that wouldn't work for me because – I, I mean, really, like maybe twice a month, Glenn, will I go to someone's specific Twitter because I want to see what they tweeted. 
if you come in my timeline and I see it, then what you've tweeted, I acknowledge and know and react to or whatever yeah. else. But oh. if not, see you later. Bye. Right over my head. I don't I don't go to Glenn Macnow and see what Macnow has tweeted over the last two days, three days, four, whatever else. I just don't. Either I catch it or I don't on my Twitter feed. All right. As we speak, I just got down to six ninety five. So there you nice. go. Nice. So, oh, you you dropped a oh, bunch. Geez. You know who I'm gonna unfollow right now? Who who? Matt Ariza, the the, the punter that Oh, uh, the punt yeah, god. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's, I for a lot of reasons. Don't, don't blame me on that one. No, he's gone. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. David and Berwin is hanging. We will get him when we get back, but we have room for you. And, yes, we have a good giveaway today, $50 Shibe Sports gift card, the 50th anniversary of the debut of the TV show MASH, which Jody watched, I watched. The finale of that show was the highest-watched show in the history of TV. Anyway, it debuted 50 years ago yesterday, so we're asking, and still good, still a good show, give us a show that is on now, or at least has been on in the last couple of years, that you think will still be something. doesn't have to be on the air in 50 years, but it's still going to be relevant. In reruns, whatever Nick at Night is 50 years from now, we will be watching it, and you win the $50 shot gift card. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Macnow, headed up to Philly's baseball. Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. Need that win today, and it's a tough pitching matchup as you go against Spencer Strider. As good as Bailey Falter has been, Strider's... He's rookie of the year, Jody, or is it Michael Taylor, man? The Braves just keep right. coming up Bra- with these Braves guys. are going to get it. We don't know who's going to get <laughs> it, but the Braves are going to win rookie of the year. One of those two guys are going to get it. Their farm system is amazing. It's just They just keep getting guys. Uh, I want to thank and you. The, the amazing yeah, thing about it, just let me add this to give the Braves credit. Sorry, Philly fans, but facts are facts. They've now done it through several different eras. They've changed general managers. They've changed their entire system. Fired coach uh, scouts, hired new scouts, and it just continues to be outstanding. Doesn't matter who is in their front office. I don't know if it's something in the water down there in Atlanta, but they have been an outstanding organization of draft and develop their players for decades now. Yeah, I mean, I remember when it was like Hayward and McCann and all those guys coming up at the same time, and it's like, wow, they really struck gold, but they just keep doing it. Uh, yes, and I would say envy is, is an emotion I have with that. Um, <laughs> I do want to thank you because uh, earlier this week you uh, you were nice enough to come out, and I know you have a real commute um, to uh, our uh, opening, our charity event, uh, the Conchock and Brewing Company, has created a Merrill and Mike double IPA um, to honor those great Eagle broadcasters and uh, the money goes to a terrific charity first tee of greater Philadelphia. And we had the kickoff event with Merrill and Mike and Bernie Perrant and Fran Dunphy and some WIP people. And it was just, it was great to see you out there. And I just want to thank you. You know what I got the biggest laugh over uh, was, uh, and it was a great night, great event, tremendously done by you and everybody that you just mentioned. I got a couple of minutes to spend with uh, Fran, Coach Dunphy. Yeah, And I told him, um, because I knew he was going to be there, you promoted it well, and I texted my daughter and I said, do you want me to send best regards to Coach Dumpy? Because she was at Temple when he was at Temple. Mm-hmm. So she actually got to know him a little bit, whatever. She goes, yeah, tell him I love him, but I'm not rooting for LaSalle. <laughs> uh, so I told him that, and he just laughed out loud. He almost spit up his beer when I said that. So, 
It was a great time. Thank you very much for inviting me and letting me be part of it. I had a phenomenal time the other night. You guys did a great job of raising some good money for a very uh, worthwhile charity. Yeah, I think we raised 17000 that night, and um, which was more than I had projected. And uh, a sale of every beer goes to that chair. Just sale, excuse me. Money from the sale of every beer goes to that charity, so I appreciate it. Uh, let's get David in Berwin. What's happening, David? Jerry, Glenn, how you doing? All right. We're good. Let's bring it back to football, okay? Sure. Yeah. Of course, I could throw Mandalou in, which I predicted a year before. But anyway, that's another story. Monday night football with the Vikings. Vikings have always been very sporadic. And, of course, do I know the Vikings? Absolutely. If you if you knew Jim Marshall, Alan Page, Fran Tarkenton, those <laughs> are the guys yeah. that I still remember that, you know, the Vikings. Uh, hold on. I'm going to give you a quiz. What was the nickname for their defensive line in those yeah. days? Purple people here. Very you got good. it, pal. Huh? Yep. Yeah, yes. you got it. That's the easiest question I ever had. Let me give you one. <laughs> what, what, what number did Jim Marshall defensive end wear? Uh, 81. 70. Exactly. Just, that was okay. my next guess. 81, I think it was Carl Eller. I oh. think you were close, Mac, oh, man. There you go. Uh, Carl Eller was somebody good. 81. There yeah, okay. you go. Isn't that something? All right, what else you got? All right, one, one, one more. Wait, one more. Oh, what one was more. Jim Marshall most famous for? <laughs> he ran the wrong way. Very good. Oh, you are good. You're a diehard Viking historian. Now, let me tell you, money, let's set it up now because nobody's talking this Monday Night Football, which was huge in its day. Huge. Are you kidding me? Monday Night Football. I remember in the 60s, my dad getting all this heavy wool clothing on, and he's going to this Monday Night Football game at, at the, uh, I don't know if it was, uh, not JFK. What's the, what's the other big one down there that the they vet? used to have? The vet. Franklin Field, probably. No, it was, it was the vet. Field. Well, I guess the first year was Franklin Field, and then it was the vet, yeah. And uh, that was the night that Cosell was drinking. That was the night that Cosell <laughs> was drinking and got sick. You were correct. <laughs> wow, that's a great memory. David, I got one more for you. Before we go, ready? I got an old Vikings trivia question for you. The Vikings had a center who was a Hall of Famer who played in the most consecutive games uh, ever by an offensive lineman. What was his name? Uh, Tinglehoff. Um, say again? Tinglehoff. Oh, you're good. It was Mick Tinglehoff. Tinglehoff. I wow. knew that one. I, 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 Very good. I wanted to one-up you, you and lifeline. I couldn't do it. I was. I could have helped you out. That's got to be before. Well, maybe it's right when you were old enough to know about it. Because, right, I mean, I'm he's, thinking he's I'm, a hall, I'm. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Tinglehoff made the Hall of Fame, so that's that how correct. I know him. Yep. There you go. Well done. All right, we'll grab a couple of calls, and then you and I will make some picks for games uh, today, well, and, and also the Eagles. Uh, Aaron in Norristown is with us. Hey, Aaron. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey. How you guys doing? Good. Good, and you? Uh, Good, good. I want to talk about the Phillies. Um, I'm not going to say I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm starting to get more concerned. Um, I want to, first of all, I want to, Jody, you were mentioning the stat, how they lead the uh, National League and uh, with runners in scoring position. It's such ba- a misleading stat. Yeah, because, batting average. Batting average, right, because their batting average with the man on third and less than two outs is the worst in the National League. I think they're 18 for like 100 going into this weekend. 
They also only had two hits all year with the bases loaded and no outs. And you saw that come to fruition last night. Twice they had a man on third with less than two outs. Twice the batter struck out. It is such a bizarre stat that they lead in batting average, but are the worst with a man on third and less than one out. I'm really well, confused. Well, because you could have a man on second. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I just want to back up. I want to, I want to hear the two stats. I want to hear Jody's stat and your stat to try to figure out how they match up. Jody, your right. stat was but what? They were, uh, this is what I heard on a broadcast the other day, mm-hmm. the top team in the National League batting average-wise with runners in scoring position. Right, that's okay. correct. 278. And But, however, with a man on third and less than two out, which is a very specific situation, they are 18 for 98 going into the weekend. They also only have two hits with a man with the bases loaded and nobody out all year. Only wow. two hits. Okay. Which is exactly what happened last night. Twice they had a man on third with less than two outs. And one time Segura struck out. And I think another time Bryson uh, uh, struck okay. out. And that's right. what's killing them. So, but the bigger problem going into the playoffs is the Brewers only have, I think, four games on the road left all year against the Reds. And we spend our last 10 games on the road. Yeah. Basically, if the Phillies make the playoffs, they won't be home from September 25th until October 15th. So they, get to, pour, they get to pour champagne on each other where? Down in Miami? Where, you, uh, Washington, wherever, somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Wherever right. they there. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. Cool. It's going to have to be Houston. And the good thing about that is Houston has so far distanced themselves from everyone else in their division and the Yankees for the best overall record. They can do anything they want those last three I still games. think the, reserve, the reserves are still probably better than our team, but hopefully not. Oh, <laughs> shot on goal score. Damn, that's not right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron, give us a television show that will hold up uh, 50 years from now. Well, it's on every day. Has anybody ever mentioned Law & Order? Because I think there's a Law & Order. I was waiting for that. I was waiting because somebody law said order, uh, law NCIS. Law & Order is better than that. Jody, you yeah, a Law & Order guy? Every single one of them. Uh, doesn't surprise the original SVU. Uh, yeah, I, if, if middle of the day nothing's on, I can find a Law Thanks, and Order Aaron. rerun somewhere on television. I guarantee you, there's one on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. There's a Law and Order uh, remake uh, re airing somewhere on television if you got enough channels. Yeah, good stuff. Dan Wilson, my uh, my screen froze, so just do me a favor, and you're gonna have to. Uh, dr- get the callers up from here. This happens every once in a while. Um, I think that's a very good answer. All right, let's get Andrew in Philly and see what he has to say, and then we'll uh, talk about some other things. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. How you guys doing? We're good. Right. Good. Uh, Glenn, I've been listening to you since I was like 14, sitting in the back of my dad's car when you were doing evenings, you know, on, uh, well, I I'm- guess, yeah. I, I hear that these days, and while it makes me feel old, I still appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I got all your books and everything. So, thank you. Do, you. do you think? I know the last guy was talking about the Phillies and everything. Could, could the rough stretch they may have here this week uh, maybe benefit them? You know, if they drop back to third and ended up maybe having to play the Cardinals in the first round. I know you don't want to lose games on purpose. I don't know how many they're up either on the Brewers. Could that possibly benefit them if they ended up getting matched up with maybe the Cardinals in the first round? Mm, I'd rather play the Cardinals than the Braves, but you're right. You can't. Uh, having lived through the process, I don't want to go back down <laughs> that road again of right, uh, right. not trying to win games on purpose. 
I don't think they – I'm not even suggesting lose on purpose. I'm just, you know, it, it may be in the end if they did have a rough week this week and they drop back, that could maybe benefit them in the long run, maybe. Yeah, but be careful because yeah. before you know it, you're the team on the outside looking in. That's where yeah. – that's, that's where many... like uh, – listen, I will be surprised and delighted, Andrew, if the Phillies – get past the first round i would be stunned right. and and amazed so whoever they play in the first round i think their chances are slim cardinals over the braves i guess i mean the cardinals aren't the cardinals are a pretty good team yeah i is it, have the phillies fared better this season against the cardinals and the braves though yes yes they won the season series against the cardinals yeah they that's did. not right. happening right. against the braves yeah all right, hey, all right. i have I have yeah, a recommendation ahead. for you guys. Um, a documentary on HBO. Whether you're a skateboarding fan or not, Tony Hawk until the wheels come off. I don't know if you guys have seen it or heard of it. It's heard of it? Have not seen it. Yeah. It's a tremendous documentary about Tony Hawk, what he did to the sport, and just like the the the, the grueling pain those guys put themselves through. You know, just how how. How athletic they really are, skateboard. Okay. It's really well done. Documentary. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always, always like a good recommendation. I appreciate that. It's uh, it's too bad that Tony Hawk didn't work under the tutelage of the Philadelphia Eagles because he wouldn't have gotten hurt near as much. <laughs> you, you would have had Tuesdays and Thursdays off. Yeah, exactly. I love, you're you're great with this issue. I I look forward, Jody, to hearing you bark about this issue through the entire season. So we'll we'll keep that one on the front burner. Uh, for now, it is time for our producer, Dan Wilson, to give us uh, the best three or four entries we had. The topic today, um, given that it is the 50th anniversary of the debut of the TV series MASH, what is a TV, and that was 50 years ago, it still holds up. What is a TV series that will still hold up in 50 years? Dan, give us like a couple nominees and we'll, we'll hack it out. Yes, yeah, so some a really wide variety of entries, I would say, here. We had Blue Bloods, we had The Simpsons. Sesame Street, Law and Order, and Doctor Who were the ones that I thought got the best reactions and I, that I personally thought were the best. All right. Uh, Jody, what's your first instinct here? It's one of two. It's either The Simpsons or Law and Order. Uh-huh. I'm almost tempted Good. to go to The Simpsons because I actually was a big fan as I, uh, before it ever became the super mega hit that it was. But shame, I guess I'd have to vote for Law and Order because I watch an episode a day. At some point during the day, every day I watch 10 minutes of Law and Order somewhere, and I didn't even think about it. So uh, I would lean toward Law and Order. All right, so in 2073, old, old Jody McDonald, old McDonald is going to be watching Law and Order. And Somewhere. still looking longingly at Mariska Hargitay. Yes, <laughs> that is exactly. Well, what the good news is she won't age on TV. No, either. not a little bit. Right. Well, she, but she has aged as much as she has on this show. Because if you go back and watch the original, she's changed a lot in twenty oh, years. Yeah. She's great looking in all of them, but she has changed tremendously over the twenty years. Yeah. Well, these things happen. Uh, Dan, what do you think? So my vote was going to be The Simpsons, just because it's been on for oh, so long. I got to break this tie. Yeah. Yes, you do. Uh, I'll go with Jody on that. I think the late entry of Law and Order was one that, as soon as he said it, I thought, "Oh, that's good." So, who wins that? So, Aaron is our winner. Aaron in Norristown. All right, Dan, you make sure you send that to all the involved parties. Congratulations to Aaron. All right, let's fire up some NFL kind of rollicking. Oh, there it is. 
Uh, Jody, we'll we each pick three games. You want to go first, uh, give a game, I'll give a game? Fair enough. That works well for me. Um, you, you know the two teams I picked to go to the Super Bowl, right, this year? I don't remember. The Philadelphia Eagles. No, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, yeah, no, the Eagles. no. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. The yes, you Philadelphia did. Yes. Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. I am a Tua believer. I think this is going to be his bust-out year. Uh, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. They're in Baltimore today against the Ravens. Getting three and a half points, I think they win the game outright. Give me the Dolphins plus three and a half. All right. Uh, I got the uh, – well, I'm, I'm going to take – I'm sorry. The game is the Bucks at the Saints. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites. Um, Bucks beat Dallas Week One, who lost Dak Prescott. Bucks offense did not look particularly good. They didn't finish drives. Saints have beaten Tampa four out of the last five times they have played, only losing in the playoffs last year. They beat them six times in the regular season. I am going to stick with that and say the Saints at home get the upset win over Tampa Bay. And take the two and a half points just. I'll get the two and a half points as a gift. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think that the first-year coach of the Denver Broncos made a horrific mistake in Monday Night uh, Football when he had Russell Wilson ready to go for it on fourth down, called the timeout, called him over the sideline, said, nah, go for the field goal. 64-yard field goal attempt. Just how do you do something like that? And I like uh, Hackett. I think he's going to be a good coach, but that was just ridiculously bad. Oh, I think he lets Russ cook today. They're at home, first home game of the season. Texans coming to town, probably feeling themselves off a tie last week. I think the Broncos win by more than two touchdowns today. Late wow. 10 with Denver at home. Okay. that's. Uh, I looked at that, and I thought 10 was hefty, but your argument is a good one. Uh, great game today. Chiefs against the Chargers. The Chiefs are minus four. No, 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 no. Mac-Man. What? They they played that one already. That oh, was crap. Thurs- they, uh, what that was about? Thursday that was the other night. night. Were you going to yeah. take the Chiefs? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Shame on me. You know why? I wrote this earlier in the week. Damn it. I, they did play that. I wrote this down on Wednesday. That's right. Oh, jeez. I didn't get to watch the game. All right, here you go. Chiefs won, by the way. So well, if you I were taking it. the Chiefs, you look good. I feel good about that. Okay, yeah, here, here you go. They didn't play the Pats-Pittsburgh uh, yet, right? Uh, okay. The Patriots and the Steelers play in about 35 minutes, yes. Yeah, well, I'll give you that one now. Then. Here you go. Patriots minus two at Pittsburgh. Jody, once upon a time, it was Roethlisberger versus Brady. Today, it's Mitch Trubisky versus Mac Jones. It's lost a little bit of its luster. Although you still have, you have Mike Tomlin, you have Bill Belichick, so I guess that's pretty good. The Steelers offense did not look very good week one against Cincy. The defense did. They picked up Joe Burrow four times. They had a pick six. They sacked them seven times. The Patriots lost to your Miami Dolphins at just 271 yards of offense. I used to say that it was a fool's errand to bet against Bill Belichick, but you know what? Now I'm going to do it, and I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Again, another home dog. Pittsburgh getting two at home against the Patriots. I'll take the Steelers. Yeah, I'll take those extra points just in case, even when you think they can win the game. All right, last one for me. I'm going with an over or under. Carson Wentz, our buddy, got a win week number one, although I wasn't uber impressed with the way that he played. And I think the Detroit Lions 35 points last week was a mirage. I think it was just the fact that the Eagles were nowhere near ready and prepped to play defense in the game. There's no way the Lions are having that kind of an offensive outburst again. Over under Washington, Detroit is 48 and a half. Count me in for the under. Ah, I think this is got... 
I think it's got 17-14 written all over it. Interesting. All right, well, I'm already 1-0 since I wrote since I did these on Wednesday, but I guess, yeah, how about that? All right, one more game. Jody, this folded piece of paper in my hand has the exact final score of the Philadelphia Eagles' titanic tilt against the Minnesota Vikings tomorrow night, but I will ask you to please go first on that one. Ooh, the old, I, you know, I shame on me. Uh, I wasn't prepped for this. The exact oh, okay. score of the Eagles. Well, Vikings. whatever. I don't. Whatever you want to do. All right, and I know you and uh, Ray had such fun with this over the years. I, I feel bad. Oh, the folded piece I, of paper. I've dropped the ball on the folded piece of paper. Word. So shame on me. Uh, I'll go with Philadelphia Eagles win twenty-four twenty. Which means Ooh, if you're wagering it, uh, it will be uh, a an Eagles victory, but just by the skin of their teeth because they're anywhere from a two-and-a-half to a three-point favorite. So I'd say they win, they cover, but not by a whole hell of a lot. Eagles win 24-20. And the over-under on that last I saw was 15-and-a-half, so you got the under on that. Jeez, I ha- I'm going against it in all respects, and I don't like it. I really hated seeing the Eagles let the Lions back in the game. They had a 17-point lead on the road, and they, the Lions just charged down the stretch there. I do think the Eagles' defense will get better during the season. I mean, it sure needs to, but I don't know that I believe Jonathan Gannon is going to figure it out in eight days since last Sunday. Justin Jefferson is scarier than anything the Lions had. Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. You're he always plays. you you're picking an L, week have, number two, Mac. Now, Jody, I'm calling it as I see it. The hope is that Minnesota's offensive line isn't as good as Detroit. I need the Eagles to generate a damn pass rush. Let me be wrong. The Eagles won last week by leaning on Jer- uh, Jalen Hurts scrambling. I maybe they have to do it again, but as of right now, at the risk of alienating our fan base, I take the Vikings in a thriller, 34 to 31. Okay. The Eagles, seventeen right. games this year. No, there'll be games I'll pick against the Eagles too, but uh, yeah, well, the Viking the Vikings will not be one of them. I'll be delighted to be wrong on that. All right, we're going to take a break now, and we will come back with leading off, Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now on ninety four WIP. All right, Jody Mack here to tell you about the Bet Parks app. I've already put my action in for the day. If you enjoy the extra action of playing while the NFL is playing college football on Saturdays. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app is everything you want in a digital casino and sportsbook. It uh, doesn't matter where you are, anytime. You all you got to do is take out your phone. You're ready to play. Download the app. Check out all the offerings they have. You're going to want to get aboard. You're going to want to play and have some fun with them. You can download it at either the App Store, Google Play, or on their website, betparks.com. When you go to the website and you do sign up, how would you like to get your first bet risk-free up to $750? Pretty good way to start a partnership. Your risk-free bet is refunded inside credit. Sportsbook and Casino, all in one amazing app. Bet on more than the score, player props, who's going to score the first touchdown. You name it, they've got it. Have some fun with it. Bet on uh, all things with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties. 
finish the game! Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.